0: Directed by Raz Dagan, The Last Shaman is the story of James Freeman, a young man who decides to take matters into his own hands when faced with incurable depression. He undergoes a life-changing journey in the Amazon jungle that brings him to a deeper understanding and acceptance of self. Along Along the way, he experiences the healing properties of a tribal plant called ayahuasca and the world around it. And we're joined today by the director of the Wonderful documentary, terrific documentary, actually uh, called "The Last Shaman," and that would be Raz Dagon. Raz, welcome to Film School.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you um, as well. It's uh, this is such a uh, an immersive experience as a film, uh, and uh, and it is it is kind of contrary to a lot of sort of Western ideals about uh, depression and dealing with it and life experiences and all those kinds of things that we have come to grow up in our own culture uh, surrounded by, those thoughts and those ideals or those principles. Um, tell me a little bit about your journey to the point of making the film The Last Shaman.
1: So, you know, basically the, the idea of making a movie about ayahuasca and shamanism uh, surfaced after drinking ayahuasca with my mom uh, and seeing the improvements that this medicine has provoked in her life. Um, I was, uh, at the time, hosting a TV show in Italy and acting. I decided to quit my job and embark on this mission of trying to somewhat share this magical plant with the world. Um, I had an idea in my mind that I was going to say a story about a plant and shamanism and focus my intention around how to heal, basically, the world. And that sort of transformed itself when I realized that there's more to the plant than what meets the eye, Mm -hmm. and that there's a business going on, and my trying to tell a story about something sacred could actually flip on me into the sacramenting sacredness. So I realized that I needed to be really gentle and careful with the way I try to tell a story, because I couldn't send... People on a blind date mm-hmm. with this pot with this potent um, you know elixir in a in the middle of the Amazon rainforest where I met a lot of crazy people who I wouldn't let babysit my dog <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah. it became kind of challenging for me, and I went through a lot of crisis trying to uh, and a lot of like trials and errors and trials and tribulations with myself, trying to find the right way to tell a story. And in the process, I met James, as I met many other patients who were down in the Amazon drinking ayahuasca, and I met a lot of different shamans. Mm. And it became more and more apparent that the only way to actually try to tell this story about this magical plant would be to find a human story with uh, a hero's journey. Mm -hmm. That could basically reflect upon society today, and all this sort of confusion that we're facing as human beings in this sort of like multifaceted, you know, um, uh, what do we call it? Uh, sort of like Facebook, Instagram. Um, uh, this, this, how do you call this? This world, social media. This social media thing, yeah, yeah. and this this this, this distance mm-hmm. from from this. And I I felt that, you know, I needed to find a guy or a story or a man that could embody uh, the sensitivity and this kind of like loneliness and isolation that a lot of people are facing and the desperation they have to get recognition through these social medias or through this sort of like likes or dislikes which disconnects ourselves from, I don't know, the essence of being human and Mother Earth, which is called in South America Pachamama. And it was essential for me to try to tell a human story and how this plant could affect, but not just this plant, but this reconnection to, you know, nature, and through that nature, in a way, call it, you know, divine, um, which could embody... Uh, the spirit at, at, at this quest of, 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 you know, remembering the essence of being, you know, human. human.
0: Yeah. Human. Well, in James, I, you found, uh, a, a, quite a remarkable, um, person to carry this story forward, because as you described him, he is in some, in many ways, sort of the embodiment of what you described as he's a young man, uh, with all of the privileges and opportunities that come from living where he lives and being raised in the circumstances that he is in and at the same time uh, a, a uh, he's suffering from depression a depression so crippling that as he puts it at one point in the film I couldn't even feel my own legs I couldn't feel anything and uh, it does is a young intelligent man uh, would do he seeks out all kinds of different um ways of of trying to deal with it, including electroshock therapy, which I have to be honest when when i when he was talking about that, I honestly thought that that was a sort of a bygone um, way of treating people with depression, so that was a little bit not more than a little bit surprising that that was still in an option for people and and his parents are very well educated. They obviously n- know all of the, the cost benefit analysis on doing something like that, and and yet they were at a point where that was something that they were willing to take uh, take into consideration. It's he is in so many ways what you're talking about. Someone who is disconnected from himself and disconnected from the world around him in ways that he is seeking to find. Not that he's willfully withdrawing from that. He is a person who wants to be of the world. And wants to be a part of, of what those experiences will bring with him. And so he's a he's a really a ter- I say and I use this word guardedly, a terrific <laughs> uh um vehicle vessel for us to for this journey. And um so
1: it is a journey of awakening. The whole the yeah. whole film is a journey of awakening and it's also a journey of what we all have, uh, you know, a journey of father and son relationship. Yeah a journey of one's man's struggle to find his place in this universe, in this world. And it's not necessarily an advocation towards, you know, a, any sort of magic bullet out there or any sort of, like, ma- cure-all or, 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 or um, how would I say it? Mm-hmm. It's just portraying this relationship that one man or one essence or one human being to basically, have when he lets go of all this sort of like you know, how would I say it in another world? When we we're born, we we're born with all this. You know, the biggest gift we have in life is our is time, right? Mm-hmm. Our time, supposed to be something that is, 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 is our privilege to have on this world. And suddenly, we have no time in this world, and in that no time, we have so much pressure in order to become something or prove something right. or be something. And in that no time, with all that essence to become and to prove, we seem to be more and more condensed. And it's almost like, you know, we become become our our own worst enemies because of the judgments that all this convention kind of creates.
0: And,
1: And what I felt was that through James and finding a person who could embody all this Sort of notion which I've realized, because luckily I come from a generation which is pre-internet and pre-social media, and more connected to the earth, and uh, a generation which had this this freedom of time. Um, I found a vehicle of sensitivity and intellect, and intelligence at the same time, okay. intellectual gun power, to like as you said, to embody or or as I. embody such a such a sensitive argument and to connect it to such an argument which is a spiritual argument as ayahuasca and shamanism but yet expose, um in in a way the con the pros and cons of what could happen if you go down there you know Mm -hmm. unprepared to go through an experience which is uh which is what he he basically did. You know, he threw all his... He read an article in the National Geographic and he threw all his hopes at the beginning on something and he looked for something which would happen and would cure him instantly. And that sort of, like, did not happen. And what I felt was happening was this relationship with nature and with indigenous people and with simplicity allowed him to regain and have that space, that time, that was naturally given to us at birth our birthright and our connection to something which is bigger than ourselves which allows us to get out of this whole persona trying to achieve to get somewhere and to become something and just to be yeah and you know so all these things together with the need to tell a story about a plant and the need to try to show something that's going down in the amazon and the need to try to tell a story about Becoming of age and, and, you know, father and son relationship. And, you know, it sort of all came through, through this, through this journey that, um, that was unfolding. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, when you set up on a documentary, you, you sort of have an idea where you want to go, but the road sort of pays itself. You don't really know where it's taking you. You got to just kind of go with it. And sometimes it takes you to uh, a dead end, and sometimes it takes you to some incredible uh, utopia yeah. and uh, realization. And there are moments where you feel that you've really got it, and everything is unbelievably there, and there are other moments where you feel like you're running around circles. And it's, it, it's, it it could be the most incredible experience, and it could be the most horrifying experience. And I feel that uh, this is the beauty of it, is... Um, is allowing that sort of mystery to unfold and and not letting go of of what you're trying to do because there's no instant gratification, nor in making this film, nor in drinking ayahuasca. Drinking ayahuasca is going to let you mirror on you that which the areas in your life that might need to be worked at, but it's not going to do the work for you. Yeah. It's you which has to. You have to dig in there and sort of bring from that experience into your daily life those lessons and try to fix them or or pay attention to them in a sort of like rational way. And you know, I don't know. I hope I'm making sense.
0: No, you are. And let me let me just remind our listeners that we're speaking with the director of the Last Shaman, uh, the documentary that's coming out. Uh, this Friday, um, May nineteenth, and it'll be screening at the um, um, Music Hall in uh, in well, they say Los Angeles. It's actually Beverly Hills, uh, the Music Hall Three, and, and that's over in in on Wilshire Boulevard. So you can check it out there. It's also rolling out across the country over a period of time. You can go to thelastshaman dot com. And find out more about the film and about where it will be screening and the press and all kinds of things about the film. And um, I want to – just what you said, I want to compliment you. First first of all, I want to compliment James because as we're talking about yes. them, I'm reminded in the film yes, that, that how much personal courage in, in a way – I mean there was a, a sense of some level of desperation to get over this illness of this depression that he suffers from. But also the courage to, in the face of a lot of adversity and a lot of opportunities to be afraid of what was ahead of him because of the the circumstances, the the, the people the, the the con artists that are involved in this, as well as the people who are dedicated to this ideal of of this self-discovery through this medicine um, and and the benefits you're talking about. But he had the courage and conviction to, in very intelligent ways, figure this out um, and try to figure out what he could do for himself. And I, I just found him to be a wonderful guide and a wonderful surrogate for, for me as someone in the audience, to, to because I felt what he felt. I saw what he was going through, and I, could, I don't know that I would have done what he did. And uh, so my, I, I salute him for that.
1: And, uh, definitely, definitely, James. Uh, you know his his, his 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 bravery, both in taking a step which is so far away from his um, conditioned mind and his set and settings, coming from a privileged life and yeah. you know the best universities and in, in a medical background, and both in his you know openness and willingness to allow me to penetrate
2: yeah.
1: his life and actually go inside um, deep. And trust upon me that we can do this together. Um, you know, it was a joint venture. Once the decision was that James is the man which is gonna carry this film and his sensitivity and intellectual gunpower is what we need to fuel this engine and his looks, which is kinda of like Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Uh,
0: his, he did look like Ethan Hawke.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, his his vulnerability um it was, it, was a, it was a relationship that was formed and we both felt and I kept on saying that this film could actually allow us both to sort of like let go of certain elements and become a step towards um, realizing our own true potential. Yeah. So it's very important when you make a film or when you sit on a documentary so intensely, such a human personal story, that you actually are willing to have a, a partnership and not a dictatorship. That it's not, you know, he entrusted me with him, yeah. his parents entrusted me with their story. Yeah. And in, in return, I gave them basically my word that this film will not go out any way, any shape, in order to take advantage, nor hurt, or distort, um, or portray anything which he did not go through, mm. or, or which is not close to the truth of what he was seeking to express. And it took a long time. It took a very long time. You know, I shot for three years, edited for two years, mm. and it took about a year cir- circulating before I found... You know the distributions, et cetera, et cetera, and eventually getting into Netflix at the end of the day, and um, it, it, and I I really believe that there is there is some co- sort of alchemy that has to do with with doing things, and when we do things because we, as James did, and as I, I hopefully and I knowingly I did,
2: yeah,
1: without any end result in mind, but with this pure intention to try to communicate something which I feel is essential, because I do believe that there is a way out, and I always believe in anyone's sort of, like, mission that they are unique, and no one is, like, um, following anybody else's footsteps if, if he really recognizes his own true greatness, mm. and we have a chance to really change the way things are you know, each one of us in his own doings and his own being has a way of influencing this, this world that we live in and, and making it better. And even if sometimes we feel that everything is rolling against us and, you know, the cards are dealt the wrong ways and everything is, is sort of part of, of, of this, this opportunity we have in order to evolve and we're here to evolve. And I felt that James was evolving through this, this 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 joint venture of ours, yeah, and becoming a man yeah. through this experience. And you know, we opened in New York last week, and we did Q and A. And I haven't seen James in a couple of years, and it was very emotional to see James actually speak in front of an audience and actually share his retrospective experiences and how it really affected him, and how it, how how he affected the people. And how this film really touches the core essence of what it means to be human. And this possibility of us to, no matter, as I said before, what trials and tribulations are facing us today. We, you know, it's funny, the universe always sort of shines no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. The sun always will come out. Even if there is a tsunami going out there, unfortunately we might not like it. And the universe is indifferent but we have a chance to tap into something which is much greater than ourselves and to contribute into something which is much more beautiful and potent than what we think we can do. And there is magic in this world and we can believe in this magic and we really can't shape this world into a better place. And we don't need to fall into the six o'clock news and we don't need to believe into this world that the pill is going to change the way I feel, or there's this magic, you know, potion which is waiting to save my day or or there's this magical person which is going to illuminate my soul when we have it all within ourselves and the universe lies within us and we have the possibility to do amazing things within ourselves and outside of ourselves and with our community and for our community and there are ways and there are people out there that are simple and that are not glorified by the media right that are um that have a lot to say. And that's why documentary filmmaking is bigger than fiction, because there are people out there which, you know, have stories that are bigger than fiction. And James is one of them. And hopefully this journey of awakening and hopefully this, this sharing that we both had, um, has a way to create space in the ones that don't have space right now and give them an option to look at the world and see that there are alternative routes to take, that are not advertised, that are not commercialized.
0: Right. Well, I I want to uh, you know compliment you, Roz Degan, uh the director of the Last Shaman, for this. It's the filmmaking, and you you've talked about this. Obviously, you we're just talking about the sort of fusing of your desire to tell this story with James's journey and um, this. Again, you know, I'm, my heart goes out to documentary filmmaking and filmmakers because the act of going about making a documentary is in many ways uh, a reflection of what you're describing as a journey. It's a journey with to which you have no known destination. There's no there's is you don't know what are most of the time you don't know where you will end up. And it's a it's a journey of faith. You take it upon yourself and your own judgment that the person that you spend all this time with is going to be able to illuminate this this story that you are, are talking about. That will be the the person who will bring to life this ideal that you're you're speaking of. And this it's an act of faith. It is just uh, pure and simple. And the fact that James was incredibly vulnerable and open in, in this journey that we're on with him is remarkable. It is amazing um, in that regard. And so much of what happens in this film feels like a fusing of the two of you because you tell this story, and I want to kind of pay a compliment to you in, in the way that you told the story. It's not just a documentary about what we're describing, but it's told in almost a narrative style, you, you, there's a lot of things during the course of when people have taken this ayahuasca that becomes almost a, like I said, a narrative sort of telling of the way that they're experiencing it. I've, I felt like there were times when um the, the story, the uh, the technique by which you use was very creative, uh, and gave me a sense of that experience in a way that I w- normally wouldn't feel in most documentaries in this and. There's just so much about this movie that feels very personal, not just to James, but to you. And I just felt very, I'm very drawn to this film for a lot of different reasons. And that uh, certainly that ability to to uh, sort of fuse these these your journey and his journey and the way that you're able to tell the story. It's a beautiful film. And, And just to echo what you said a little bit ago about, you know, the journey within we We hold within us the keys to so much uh and yet we spend so much of our time today uh reflecting on the external in soaking up the external things that are not of the things that are within us and uh this certainly is a, an attempt on your part, I think, to sort of allow people to <laughs> maybe reflect on that idea that maybe there is more in inside of us and our own journey and our own. Internal wisdom that we should be drawing upon, and um, it's a beautiful film in that regard, uh, Roz. It, it, it just, it really is, and I, I
1: thank so much from the bottom of my heart what I hear. Yeah, um, when I hear,
0: re- I hear so much passion in in you and and what you're talking about.
1: I, it is, it is. You you know, this journey. I must say, uh, Mike, this journey is such a personal journey because when I jumped off that cliff into making this film, I really. Left behind, uh, everything. I had a promising career, you know, um, I was doing my own television show, making films, doing things that I felt were just contributing towards really ignorance and indifference. Uh, and this leap of faith was, was, was a huge turning point in my life that was instead of like, okay, here's an opportunity and I'm going to seize this opportunity to take something and take it and take it. And the way we're kind of brought up, you know, in a fearful society that we must take something today because we never know what's going to happen tomorrow, um, it flipped. And it was like, here's an opportunity to give something. And I'm not sure if anything's coming back. And I guess this is something that shared this journey of both James and myself was this need to try to give something from both of our souls into this beautiful world we live in in exchange to this amazing opportunity that he had through suffering and i had through <laughs> in a way fame <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: in a very weird way they they collided mm-hmm. and they came up with this illusiere of this last shaman um, you know my life has been very privileged i've i I've, I've, I've lived my own dreams um I come from a kibbutz in israel. I was born in the sixties. I come from a community of hundred and eighty people, and I was a dreamer. I dreamt big I, I I thought about becoming and doing and this and all my dreams came true and I realized that they were all driven by some sort of ego sort of driven. Um, desire and a lot of fear that was driving that. And I recognized this opportunity of, of, through this plant, through this magical medicine called ayahuasca, and through these ancient traditions and this connection to this Amazon rainforest and living so far off the grid where telephones didn't work and where no internet was. And I was living in indigenous communities for months before this film was actually you know born i i recognized something which was much bigger and more important than my own personal journey mm-hmm. and i i thank you so much for recognizing that body of work that was done in uh you know in in such a by both of us mm-hmm. in such a you know how how would i say it um no expectations kind of a mood because it was like running a triple marathon and every time you finished, there was nobody out there giving you a ribbon. Mm -hmm. It's a documentary filmmaker. You (laughs) run and run and run. You get to the finish mark and you think you've done such a great job and you just got to start running all over again. And then you run again and you broke your knee and you come back to the finish line and there's no red ribbon and there's nobody giving you water and you got to start running again. (laughs) And then one moment you think you've done the most incredible body of work and then ten moments later you think you're just in a bottomless pit and you're the worst spit. And it just never ends this trial and tribulation. There's really a lot of suffering involved in sticking to something for six years and not knowing the outcome. And hopefully hopefully the outcome would be that if it managed to touch one soul and save one soul from a desperate act and enlighten that which we really are this film is worth it
0: well i i think it is a beautiful film and honestly it, there's there are many moments in the film and i uh, there's just so many and with james and other and just other instances uh, we've talk about Pepe and his life and what happened to him, there's so much of the things that are going on in the film that are uh, in, they embody this kind of crass you know um, the, the crassness of the world and at the same time the beauty of the world and there's a one scene and I'm not giving anything away for our audience but I want them to sort of understand my experience in watching the film in which uh, it's, James is on the boat you guys are going somewhere, I'm not exactly sure where. And he is, for the first time, we see him in sort of experiencing a full range of his emotions that he, I have, I sense that he has been disconnected from for a long, long time. And he's describing his past, but he's also, in a way, describing his future, right? He's talking about he yep. did everything. He did everything right. Yep. He And, you know, sort of physically pounding on the side of the boat saying, I did this. And But in that process, in that sort of despair that he's articulating, we also see... Uh, the a rebirth of him as a person who is willing and able to experience the full range of hum- human emotions that he has craved for so long that he knew he was entitled to, and yet had not been able to experience, and had tried everything, and here he was. Yes, he was upset or angry or whatever it was in the, this range of emotions. But at the same time, it was so amazing to watch him experience them in a way that is truthful to his his life experience and understanding that and knowing full well that he's on that journey, he's moving in the right direction. That was just amazing. It's an amazing scene. Um, And, um, you know, it's so much of what this film is about, in my opinion.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, like, you know, film... (laughs) This film, oh my god, is, is it is a personal journey as you said and, yeah. and every moment of this journey was um was uh was something.
0: Yeah. Was something. Well I will just throw in, speaking of commercials, I'm going to throw in in right now because the film is screening tonight, May 19th, and running through the week through Thursday the 25th at the uh, Lemley Music Hall Theater in uh, Los Angeles, Beverly Hills on Wilshire Boulevard. Um, I don't know if you're in town for any of the Q&As I should have asked I will
1: you. be. I'm in town for Q&A uh, on Friday night at 750 uh, at that 7:50 show, okay. and that Saturday night at the 7:50 show. So I'd love uh, audiences to come and join me for the Q and A following the, the screening and um, get up and cl- up and close and personal and get to meet them um, if they choose and if they can. Right. Well,
0: out great. Uh, that's wonderful to hear. Again, people can find out more about the film at thelastshaman.com. dot com the last shaman.com and again we barely touched on all of the different characters other characters in or people I should say not characters people in the film uh, who are who make it an amazing backdrop and amazing people I again like said Pepe and of course we've got Ron yeah. <laughs> who is quite in some ways in some many ways the most honest of the people well, that's not even fair. That's not a fair way to well, put it. Well,
1: but I, I, get, I get what you're saying, yeah. but he, he is a quite honest dude, you know, yeah. with, the, with the good and the bad, you yeah. know. He yeah. says it as it is. He,
0: he, for that's him, it. that's his truth,
1: yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so we have, it. we are, this film does, I did try to find characters that do portray basically, um, you know, how would I call it? La uh, the, the Divina Commedia di Dante, we <laughs> say in Italy. I okay. do call it.
0: I say I would I would put it the full spectrum of people that are that are in James's life but also a part of this whole you know kind of uh cultural tourism slash <laughs> you know con game slash genuine people really interested in, in oh man
1: there is there is um there's quite a lot of madness going
0: on in this <laughs> world <laughs> well I I, well, five years, my God! I mean, what a journey that you have been on, and in addition to the time you've spent before all of this started in this particular part of your life. And uh, I certainly would encourage you uh, wildly and wholeheartedly to continue uh, to make the kind of movies that you feel strongly about and you're so passionate about. And thank you so much. And as a filmmaker, you, the
1: next film, Mike, the next film I'm working on, I'm sure you'd love it. It's about it. It's, it's, it's about enlightenment, and it starts with the magic bus. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> I chose to do a lighter, ma- lighter topic. Uh, okay, yeah.
0: okay. Well, I want to again thank you so much. Uh, again, we've been speaking with Raz Degan and he's the yeah, director sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, of the director of this wonderful documentary called "The Last Shaman." Again, it's screening this week, May nineteenth through the twenty fifth, at the. Lemley uh, Music Hall, and it will also be rolling out across the country, so please keep an eye out for it. It's It'll be playing up in Northern California, as well as North Carolina, Missouri, New Mexico, New York, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, Washington, Oregon, and other places, so go to the Last Shaman and find out more and about it.
1: And we are as indie as it gets. I must say, there's nobody, I mean, you're talking to basically um, that this is it. That's <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of names in the credits, but that's what makes, you know, the film come out in cinema. But when it comes to grabbing your camera and go make a film, uh, you go get a kind of filmmaking, people out there who are listening to this um, radio show, uh, you can do it.
0: Yeah, you can. And, you know, I'll tell you what, really, I I tried I was trying to, to, to get to this, but the the techniques that, that you use, the way that you go about telling the story, as is an accomplished filmmaking experience. Uh, so it's there's that as well, and thank you. yeah. So well, Ross, thank you so much for being on Film School and come back. I I'm, sounds like you're you've got something going, and I would love to talk to you again.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having me.